Good evening. Welcome on this Maundy Thursday. comes from the Latin translation of the Bible, mandatum novum, the words Jesus says in the Gospel of John to his disciples, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And this night and the events of tomorrow and the coming days, we see the exact shape of Jesus' love for you and for me and for the entire world. This Maundy Thursday is one of the days in the church year, in the scriptures, and the gospels that is filled with some of the most important events that you could pack into one day. Four main things happen today. First, Jesus washes his disciples' feet, and then after that, celebrates, second, celebrates the Passover. And in doing that, then, he gives new and greater meaning and institutes the Lord's Supper. And then third, after that, not quite when the meal is over, he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane and prays in agony about what's to come. And then while he's there, the fourth thing, he is then finally betrayed by one of his own disciples, Judas, and then arrested and led off. And then overnight, there is a great miscarriage of justice as he's put on a quick trial and then sentenced to death tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you are and however you found us, Zion family, welcome. And I pray this Holy Week, this Monday, Thursday, and the coming days, God richly blesses you and grows us deeper in faith as we are together yet apart. God's Word still works. The Holy Spirit still works. Welcome. Before we begin in prayer, I want to invite you to go to zionholland.org. You can find a bulletin of tonight's service and follow along with some of the readings. When we get to the very end of the service, there is what's called the stripping of the altar. This is a rite that symbolizes the mistreatment of Jesus as he is stripped and beaten and abused and mistreated. And then the service ends in silence a bell that signifies Judas' betraying kiss. Well, if you want to participate at home, there's a couple of things, a couple of ways you can do that. You'll find out some. And at the very end, you can strip not the altar of your home, but maybe the dinner table and leave that bare until Easter. And maybe ring a bell. You are invited to participate as we worship the true God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious Jesus, as you gathered with your disciples this night in the upper room to serve them, wash them, celebrate with them, feed them, give new meaning to the meal. Though we cannot share in that meal tonight as we are apart you still gather near to us in our homes. Holy Spirit, work through your word. Grant us your presence. Unite us in Christ and show us again your love. Give us thankful hearts for your grace, for your life, and for your death. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus gathered with his disciples in that upper room to celebrate the Passover. 
And Luke tells us that when, as he gathered, he said, I have eagerly been wanting to celebrate this with you. And then he gives new meaning to the Passover and institutes what we call the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. Well, as I read Jesus' words, that's kind of how I feel this night about us not being able to be together, is I really want to celebrate this with you. And so it is odd, yes, that we cannot be together around the Lord's table tonight on this night that he was betrayed, that he took bread and, and celebrated the Lord's Supper for the first time with his disciples. But we will. Whenever this is all over and the Lord brings us back together, we will have a great feast around the Lord's table, and it will be wonderful. But until then, we hope and pray for that. But I want you to think back. Jesus was celebrating the Passover. The Passover, when God's people, generations back, were slaves in Egypt, crying out to God, God, help us, save us, are you there? And then God raises up Moses and says, I've heard the cry of my people. I'm coming down to save them. And then through ten powerful signs, the plagues, he finally convinces Pharaoh to let them go. And the tenth plague is the death of the firstborn. But God says, trust me. Trust me and slaughter a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of your house, and trust me in that way, and the angel of death will pass over. And as many of them said for years after, the lamb died instead of us. Jesus becomes our Passover lamb. He died instead of us. And it's on that night, as this is unfolding, that Jesus then takes the bread, takes the cup, and says, no, this is my body, this is my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That's what Jesus is doing for us, living, dying, and rising to forgive us our sins. And so as Jesus celebrated the Passover this night, we wish we were together, we will be someday. And until then, we continue to pray and share a part the bond in Christ we have in the Holy Spirit. I want to read for you that story from Matthew. It's from Matthew 26. It says, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city. To a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. 
Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is God's word. Another portion of scripture that we're going to spend some time with tonight is from John chapter 13. As Jesus begins or prepares to celebrate the Passover with his disciples, he washes their feet. He does the servants, even the slaves' job. And I'm wondering, since you're all at home, maybe you could go grab a bowl and a towel and Maybe you can wash someone's feet near you tonight. That's a unique opportunity we have maybe this year, unlike others, that you can do that. Well, let me read you the story. John 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, 
to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and he poured water out into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, And put on his outer garments and resumed his place. He said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, You may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. These are the words of Jesus. Well, to help us dig into these words a little bit, I've invited a special guest to be with us this evening. Special guest is Amy. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. And those of you that are part of our Zion family know that Amy is my wife of almost 16 years. And being that we are at shelter at home, stay safe, stay at home in Michigan, there is a limited circle with with whom you can interact. (laughs) So I'm very thankful that she's willing to come in and talk about God's word and allow me to wash her feet as we talk about Jesus' words. So, Amy and I, at our wedding, decided to wash each other's feet, and we did that as a bit of a public statement of what kind of relationship we wanted to have. Now, here's the, the risk is, I almost don't want to tell you any of this because then you'll start to think 
that, you know, I'm a better person than I am. Like, ooh, wow, he washed his wife's feet. So she's here to tell you all of the things that I haven't done well. He's actually really great. Go listen to him. <laughs> but there was that one time that I... Forgot my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> forgotten about that. that. I forgot your birthday. You were nice enough by lunch or mid-afternoon just to say, it's my birthday. You forgot. Please be nice to me the rest of the day and don't forget. So... Thank you. Welcome. And there's probably other things where I've not been the best servant to you, and I'm sorry. Uh, can I tell him one? I guess. So every year when I give Ryan a birthday present, maybe every single year, <laughs> he always takes it back. I must be a really terrible birthday gift giver <laughs> because they don't stay in our house for more than like five seconds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oops, touch my face. Double sorry. <laughs> He's really great. Don't listen to him, though. So I thought, as I said earlier, some of you could do this tonight as well. And so I, I don't do this to, to show you, hey, look how great we are, but to show you what Jesus did to his disciples and invites us how to serve each other. So you can imagine... All right, feet, feet. You can imagine uh, Jesus taking on the role of a servant or even a slave, and that is the worst job you could probably think of is to wash feet, and especially feet in the Middle East way back when of all of the animal things and dirt all on a road, and they walked and walked and walked. You can imagine how uh, much worse their feet are than ours, but even... Even for us, it's a bit of a vulnerable experience, isn't it, to have somebody wash your feet and see, you know, floaties go into a dish from washing somebody's feet or, uh, well, and, and especially not so bad now that we have, uh, you know, your feet look pretty good compared to way back then, I'm sure. And wait, is this the foot with the ward on it? <laughs> well, anyways, moving on. <laughs> try it out if you have somebody in your in your house with you get a bowl wash and and serve them but here's the thing jesus did that but then he gets to the end and uh jesus says yes you should wash each other's feet but he really explains what he means by that is this is an example of how i have served you so it's not so much actually washing somebody's feet but it's stooping down on your knees, becoming low and humble, and serving other people, because that's what it means to follow Jesus. So at the beginning of the Passover meal, as Jesus is celebrating that and then knowing what's coming the whole night ahead and tomorrow hanging on a cross for you and for me, before all that, he serves. Because Jesus is a servant. Jesus said in his ministry, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And then tomorrow he shows us the true shape of that service. Hanging, bleeding, dying on a cross for you and for me. So frankly, uh, washing feet is pretty small compared to what Jesus truly has done for us. 
However, when his great love for us transforms us and begins to change our hearts, then we will start to serve others. We will wash feet or drop groceries off or get medicine for someone or phone some people that you know and love and especially people that are lonely right now or many ways that we can think of where we can serve each other during this season where we're apart. And no, it's not serving to gain anything from God. It's serving because our Savior who served us with His life has sent His Spirit into our hearts to transform us to be like Him. So as we go through these next few days together, the most important days to Christianity, they change the world, they change our lives. They change us because it's our God who came near and stooped low and washed our feet and our heart as he died and rose for us. It's in his name. Amen. We close our time of worship this Maundy Thursday evening with what's called the stripping of the altar. As Jesus was stripped of many things, this symbolizes all the things taken from him as he endured abandonment and stripped of his clothes and beaten and mocked. We symbolize that by taking all of these things off of the altar and leaving it bare to prepare for Good Friday as tomorrow our Savior bleeds, hangs, and dies for us. And so I invite you, as I said earlier, to maybe strip bare your dining table. Take everything off, clear it off, just for a few days to remind you what your Savior did for you. And then the service concludes with no blessing, no benediction. If we were here, we would simply leave in silence as Jesus left the meal and went and prayed. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis a Christ by man's rejected. Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Expected prophet, David's son, yet David.
Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. betrayer had given them a sign saying the one I kiss is the man seize him and he came up to Jesus at once and said greetings rabbi and he kissed him Jesus said to him friend do what you came to do 
Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take this sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled? That it must be so. At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. <laughs> 